Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 162. Hey, my riches. I'm so happy to be here today and start my week with you. I think you're going to fall in love with my guest today, like I did. Sarah Evans is probably the most honest and true-to-themselves entrepreneur I've met for a very long time. When I asked her about her biggest success, she said, This question is very big for me. In my mind, reaching such a high level of success meant one thing many years ago, and now it means something completely different. Years ago, per children, I was so hyper-focused on business and work that I sacrificed other things. For me, today, success is that my business is working well and that my family is working well. And reflecting to myself, this is a big question for me as well today. What is a success for you? And do you need 33 years of hectic and successful, yet very hyper-focused career like me? To ask this question from Sarah Evans' point of view? Let's meet this fantastic and very successful entrepreneur. Sarah Evans, founder of Sevens Strategy and Sevens Digital PR, is a digital PR strategist, consultant, global brand correspondent, and keynote speaker who works with companies worldwide to create and improve their social and digital PR strategies. Her team is able to advise on branding, marketing, advertising, and public relations. Additionally, Sarah has been a digital correspondent for several companies, including PayPal, Cox Communications, MGM International, Cisco, SAP, Walmart, Shorty Awards, and more. Sarah got her start by helping small to mid-sized businesses build their digital PR efforts. She is currently a member of the Forbes Agency Council. Previously, Sarah worked with the Chicago Area Crisis Center to raise more than $161,000 in three weeks exclusively via social media and is honored to be a member of the Guinness Book World Record holding hashtag BitCancer team. Sarah Evans, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be with you. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be with you. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? My world is all digital PR. Um, I started my company about 11 years ago, and it's gone through many iterations and <laughs> evolutions. I've had highs and lows and grown and not grown when I had children. 
but I, I have the luxury and I feel very lucky to work with the clients that we work with in the digital lifestyle and technology space. And our clients span the world. We have clients in Tel Aviv and Russia hmm. and, and across the United States and North America. Um, and I absolutely love what I do. Sounds fantastic. When you say digital PR, what do you mean? What is the difference? How do you see that? Yes. What does it include and what doesn't it include? I view digital PR as much more comprehensive. So of course we do traditional media relations, getting clients sourced in TV, print, radio, those sorts of things. But we have a much more comprehensive approach where we look at social earned, organic, and even some paid, whether that's social ads, but some ad component. So we help brands create their own content for their own websites. We help them get placed in media outlets. We look for opportunities to get them placed in unique places, much like your podcast hmm. or great media writers or YouTube influencers or Instagram influencers. We're looking at a comprehensive landscape of all the opportunities that a brand can use to either share their story, connect with the community or leverage a moment in time. Who are your customers? Do they have anything in common? Yeah, you know, for our customers, I say digital lifestyle to kind of cast a wider net or umbrella. For example, if it was a beauty brand and they only focused on beauty, they might not be the best fit for us because it's just not my area of expertise. However, if they're a beauty brand that's bringing in virtual reality, augmented reality, or some sort of technology angle into their product, that then brings them into a world where we can help share their story and ideate around that. So all of our clients somewhat run the gamut, but the one thing they all have in common is that they are technology leaders, influencers, or have technology related to their brand. And do you bring some technology with you? Have you uh, experienced some technological parts in your history? One of the things that I like to do while I'm not technically a maker, although I do love um, all of the, the evolution of the no-code uh, rise. Hmm. That's something I can't really get on board with because I'm not as technical. But I test out things every day. So while I might not be a maker, I consider myself a tech enthusiast, hmm. uh, a rapid beta tester. Um, each day I'm trying out five to ten new products and wow. looking at, number one, how can they resonate with consumers? How can we use them from a PR perspective and in integrate them into a publicity plan or connection opportunity or do help with amplification? Uh, so I would say I'm an enthusiast, but not a maker. Hmm. Sarah, how did you start? How did you choose digital PR? What was your beginning, your starting point with this journey? Well, I... I was a PR major in college, so it's something I did know that I always wanted to do. I oh. often say when I was very little, I was hosting tea parties and putting on <laughs> you know, event concerts and inviting everyone, bringing people together. And that's really when I was reflecting about what I wanted to do with my life. My mother was really um, the catalyst in that. And we, we decided, you know, bringing people together is a mission. What kind of career can help you do that? discovered public relations and I went down a very traditional career path at first and did corporate public relations, healthcare, higher education, agency work. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't really realize I had an entrepreneurial spirit and it wasn't something that was necessarily fostered because I didn't know about it. Whereas my children are already getting a glimpse into the <laughs> world of entrepreneurs. So I threw myself into this role and worked myself out of a safe, steady, real-time job and took the risk 11 years ago. And haven't looked back. I'm very, very happy. Hmm, wow. As an entrepreneur, 
What would be your best advice to any entrepreneur out there regarding the customer focus, marketing, sales, or the customer approach? Because I guess you know that we are focusing on entrepreneurs, mainly entrepreneurs and startup founders. And it seems like customers or market need is their biggest obstacle. It's what they say that they fail for. And that's what we are focusing. That's what I've been doing for all my uh, career. And that's what I would like to hear your advice about. I think my advice is to make some of your own advice. I feel like every day I'm, I'm learning. I feel like the advice I would have gotten, you know, 11 years ago versus five years ago versus three months ago is drastically different. The one thing that has remained common, though, is that you have to have a thirst or a hunger for what you do because it's very easy to get um, depleted emotionally or down on yourself because you have this great idea and you think everyone else should share it with you. And you actually, when you get in the trenches, you realize how difficult it is that not everyone shares your passion. So creating a want or a need for your product and getting customers can be quite difficult, but it will happen over time. You just have to stay the course uh, and maintain and know and learn when you have to evolve and change and fix things based on customer demand. So it's, it's kind of very wide scope advice, but I feel like that's the only thing that has remained common denominator. So if I'm trying to uh, put it in my words, you're talking about keep the hunger or keep the thirst or keep the passion within you. That's the, the main advice? Yeah. Okay. Yes, because I feel like um, a lot of the entrepreneurs I meet are very uh, creative and full of energy. And when they reach some of those hurdles or barriers to entry, it can be very upsetting and, and cause many to not follow through on their idea. Hmm. You've got successes. I read about them and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I want to ask you if you can share with us your biggest, uh, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. You know, I think it, um, I've had several. <laughs> and I the most compelling one for me was when I had to one of the times that I had to transition, I created a company around what was at the time market demand and and then had my oldest child and took some time off and came back and realized for how fast digital moves <laughs> the company I had created it no longer really had a place. At the time, it was because my model was built around providing just social media support versus full digital PR. And by the, the time I came back, most large agencies and even smaller shops had now moved social media internal. So when it was new and growing, it, it became you know very common to have people outsource and do that for you. When I came back, it was now had moved internal. So I had to pivot and change my offering. And while it seems like a simple move to say I went from offering those services to something else, it actually took a lot of work because you have to come up with new product offerings. You have to, you know, do your, your biz dev and get clients and onboard them and make sure that you can provide what you actually say you will offer. And what is the main difference in the offering that you prepared for, uh, versus what you had before you came back from the birth uh, vacation? 
it was a completely different thing. So number one, it was social support. Nobody had it internal at the time because it was so new. So they needed help with strategy, ideation, the content, how to actually produce it and get it out there. This was before we had tools like, you know, Buffer and Agora Pulse and mm -hmm. all of those sorts of social scheduling and listening tools. So we were doing all of those bits and pieces. And then the market changed and evolved and, and new tools became in place. People went internal. And I realized I had to get back to the core of what I do because the media placements and third party endorsements and credibility were still extremely essential. So I had to find a way to take and marry together my passion for social and digital and combine that with my background in PR and create a unique offering for brands. And it kind of runs the gamut from consulting to strategy to execution. And at times I also play the role of a digital correspondent for brands mm -hmm. where I actually become you know, the voice or the face of a brand on social and do things like satellite media tours and other moments in time where I represent them. And do you feel today these two worlds of some kind like the traditional or part of the traditional PR is still combined with the social and digital PR? Yes. I, I mean, I think it's absolutely essential. One of the things that our team does is we also white label in under a lot of marketing firms and marketing firms who don't have PR for their clients internally. So they bring us on to help kind of round out their scope of services. And one of the things that we've seen is that those traditional media placements or digital media placements pair very well with paid ad campaigns. So when you get a great endorsement from a, a tier one media outlet, and then the marketing team is able to create a paid social ad campaign showcasing the mention in those publications, it can drive a ton of traffic back to the news article. It can drive credibility, awareness, and conversions for the brand. So those two things marry together very well. Now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success. As a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers? This question is very big for me. Um, I feel like I, I've never reached the point where I, th I think in my mind, reaching that level of success to me meant one thing many years ago, and now it means something completely different. For me, success is that my business is working well and that my family is working well. It is not easy being a female founder and business owner and mother and wife and sister and friend and daughter and trying to do all of those things as I have learned. Years ago in pre-children, I was so hyper-focused on business and work that I sacrificed other things to move my career forward and over time have found that it's always a delicate struggle and a give and take and one part might performing well while another one struggles. <laughs> It's all working well. That is most successful to me. And that gets back to my overall purpose in life. And I try to stay connected to that. So right now, amidst everything that's going on, I've closed down my office, but we really got into a great stride with our clients and bringing on clients and helping during this time. And somehow moving my office home and being here with my children has allowed me to have a, a new sense of meaning for everything that I'm doing. So I guess if I had to define success right now, it would be right now. And it's being able to be home with my children and run a business and find a way, a new way, while it might not be nine to five, it might be, you know, 2 a.m. to hmm. 5 a.m. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, it's all day, but I can take a break now and take my children on a walk and spend some quality time with them and see them in a way that I've never been able to see them before. 
So it's it's not the most solid answer, but it's a new answer. <laughs> Did you close the office as a result of the Corona crisis, or it was much earlier? Oh, no, just for Corona, it's temporarily closed. So we closed it about six weeks ago. But working from home is something that you didn't plan on. No. But you say that actually you find new success yes. there. Yes. I mean, it's very like my children are down here right now. They're probably going to have a little argument over snacks. And it's <laughs> like, well, this, you know, it is what it is. And it, it's made me more human to my clients. My clients have become more human to me because I'm seeing their pets and their children and their loved ones. Mm. <laughs> I love that to hear them. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting that you say that because, you know, uh, so many can't wait to uh, come back to the office and you see the new opportunities in that. So I love that. Now I do miss my office. <laughs> It definitely... hmm. It's always a mix of things, but I think that your ability to enjoy being home with your yeah. kids is a beauty. And <laughs> looking at your ability to do your job, while you are taking care of your children from home is, um, is a nice opportunity, which I didn't have at the time. And sometimes we have the chance to develop or to find newer ways to do things. Absolutely. I'm looking and re-examining now like how I want to do things in a post-COVID world and be able to spend more time before my youngest goes off to kindergarten. And, you know, we'll see what that looks like. But I think it'll be a constant change. Hmm. I think we are going to experience a change, an overall change in a lot yeah. of things. Sarah, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and can help other entrepreneurs as well. I have several that run kind of run the gamut in size and pricing and I often do share them on on Twitter um, because I test out so many I do like to you know share them and um, talk about them so there are a few um, number one if I look at an enterprise level so the more expensive level maybe outside of entrepreneurial budgets but uh, turbine labs is one of my favorite for listening and looking for trends online um, it's something I use daily turbine lab How do you call that? Yeah, Turbine Labs, T-U-R-B-I-N-E Labs. Um, if nothing else, it's great to look at a tool like that um, for, you know, as your business grows because it's AI powered and it really, it helps um, executives really stand the news and it's important to me. Um, another that would be maybe a mid-tier price point for social um, and social marketing would be Lately, trylately.com. And it also has AI component and it allows you to, for example, if you get a placement in the media or you've created content with a link, you put the link in and it can give you 20 or 30 different social sharing sound bites from that one link that you can use across various social networks. And that has a lot of viability for larger brands that I think extremely um, worthwhile. And then maybe at a lower tier point, price point something like a freemium model would be sem rush for search engine mm -hmm. marketing is a great tool most of you have probably heard of it but for content planning and marketing and, and social planning it's a great resource and they have a plethora of 
products uh, underneath their umbrella and it does start at a freemium level and you can move up from there. So I think those would be three separate price points, but very viable tools. Thank you. And we will have the links to all of them in the show notes of this interview. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I believe that for each of us, there is one main factor that really helps us to win and to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? My one key success factor would be taking time to self-reflect for five minutes every day. And maybe I have two parts to this. This is something I started at the beginning of 2019. It was a new habit that I integrated. And what I do with it is look at maybe something that I didn't do so well the day before, or that I'd like to work on for the day. So they don't have to be long-term goals, just for day of goals. And if I notice a theme or continuation of things I need to work on, perhaps it becomes a longer-term habit. But what I do with that once I reflect is to write it out. Typically, I share them even in a Twitter or Instagram format so that I've created a digital legacy of positivity and support and something my kids could maybe look back on later and and have Hmm. some insight into my life. Um, So that's one part. And the other is to provide influence to as many people as possible. What do you mean by that? Much like you're doing with your podcast, looking for opportunities to offer people a chance to share their voice with a wider reach whether that's recommending people for speaking opportunities or to get them sourced somewhere in the news media. And these aren't clients. These are just people that I believe in, respect, admire, who need a little you know, helping hand or people should know about them, taking the time to make sure that they get recognition as well. Hmm. My last question, before I'll ask you what is the best way to connect with you, is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining this journey of marketing and building a perception in the mind of our customers as climbing a mountain. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Originally, I started from a physical mountain, literally a mountain, but now you can take it to the metaphor as well. I will definitely take it metaphorically. And this comes from someone who my neighbor is an endurance athlete and has climbed at least three of the top seven peaks. And uh, I said, I don't know that that's something I would want to do, but I feel like there have been so many mountains in my own life, or maybe one giant mountain with several different peaks that I continuously am trying to uh, reach and climb. And I feel like I treat my life that way. And this is a very simple answer to this one. It's through fitness. I've never been an athlete. I I was never somebody who was quite gifted with my fine motor skills. And I decided Mm -hmm. several years ago that I wanted to become fit, not only for myself, but to, you know, increase longevity of life, to be a healthy uh, mother and and someday grandmother. Mm -hmm. So I'm creating separate goals little goals for myself to accomplish in a fitness arena, because these are things I've never been able to do in all my years. And the past year, it was to do a push-up, so I can do 10 of those now in a row. (laughs) And next up, it was to do a headstand, and I can do that now. (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, now working on a flexibility and strength training. So I keep setting these goals. And I the, the very strange thing is for every time I accomplish one of these fitness goals, other things fall in place in my life. It's because I believe I become so focused and motivated that it just crosses the gamut into every aspect. Wow. It's a unique answer. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love the point of other things falling in place once you are uh, well able to climb a new mountain. Wow. Sarah, what is the best way to be in touch and to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to keep in touch or to have some connection? You can find me on Twitter at PR Sarah Evans, Sarah with an H. You can always email me Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at sevens, S-E-V as in Victor, A-N-S, sevenspr.com. Hmm, that's great. I would like to thank you for this unique and fresh interview. I really enjoyed that. I think not only that you've got your unique perception, but this time of... The COVID or the coronavirus changed some of the perceptions of all of us. And I think you um, implemented it faster than most of us into your life. <laughs> Not perfect by any means. Always uh, learning something else. Hmm. Thank you so much, Sarah. It has been a pleasure. And I'm so happy that you've been uh, part of this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Hmm. We'll uh, keep in touch and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website reachormiss.com. See you next week.